Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin. And today we're discussing Pulse, a Japanese horror film released in 2001. It was directed and written by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, starring, bear with me here, Haruhiko Katu, Kumiko Aso, Koyuki, and Karume Arisaka. Oh boy. Uh, I picked this movie because it's on quite a few top 100 lists, and it an American remake was made from it, so it has to be some degree of good. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing really good. I, I got to tell you, I was really excited to hear you uh, pronounce, or how you were going to pronounce the director and the cast here, so that's, I really enjoyed that. I'm that's, sure that's I thoroughly screwed that up. <laughs> that's that's the tough part about going with these uh, foreign films, right? Yeah. Maybe this will keep me from choosing another foreign film in the future. <laughs> in the future, we'll, be, we'll stick it to white bread. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So quick synopsis of this film. Two groups of college-aged kids discover evidence that should suggest spirits may be trying to invade the human world via the internet. So this sounded to me right up your alley, Ashvin. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, I'm all about the anti-internet, so I I, I enjoyed the the theme here. Where where (laughs) did you hear hear about this movie? I mean, I've, I've never heard about this movie before. And, uh, you know, after, after you brought it up, like I, I see it on a few lists, but where did you hear about it? I think I've referenced this before, but just like I've bookmarked this slant magazine, top 100 horror movies list. I don't know why I've chose that one. I don't use slant magazine for anything else, but I've just like decided, okay, I'm going to use this when I don't know what movie to choose. Sure. Um, and this was pretty high up there on that list. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, when reading on some of the reviews, that that list is referenced. I, I got to check out this list. I mean, it sounds like uh, it's, it's got some uh, good good hits on there, and it's been on a, a number of lists, right? As like one of the top horror movies of like the last uh, few decades or so. Yeah, it has, uh, and it's. I also saw it on a list of best techno horror movies, along with Ooh. Videodrome. Wow, yeah, this definitely had a lot of Videodrome vibes while, while I was watching it. This is like. Where Videodrome was, what, like early 90s, late 80s? Is that right? Uh, 1983. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. The, the, this kind of felt like the Videodrome of like the early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. And Japanese. For how popular it is or like how, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say popular, but like, you know, it's, it's well-reviewed. It's got a cult following. I was surprised to see such a low box office number. You, you see that? Yeah. What was it? I can't find that number <laughs> now. It was like 50 grand in the U.S. or something. Oh, is that in the U.S.? Because I, I was wondering, if that's total, like, how, how could that be a success at all? But do, I'm do you think sure it did box? a lot better in the in Japan. Sure. So we mentioned the genre of techno horror. Supernatural horror, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Japanese horror is its own little subgenre, kind of. Sure. Yeah, I feel like, especially in the early 2000s, Japanese horror was, like, driving uh, American horror to some extent, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's often mm-hmm. abbreviated as J-horror, but there were a ton of American remakes. The Ring, The Grudge, Dark Water, One Missed Call. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Dark Water or One Missed Call. How about you? Uh, I haven't seen those either. Yeah. Uh, what about like uh, Shudder? Do you remember that one? I don't remember that one. Oh. Was Maybe that a remake? Called. 
Uh, it was either remake or it was just shot in Japan. It's okay. One of those. Uh, oh, another uh, genre I threw out there. Uh, apocalyptic, perhaps. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It is have it does have an apocalyptic, not even undertone. It is apocalyptic. Yeah, <laughs> I think the way they present it, it, it feels like an undertone, but it's it's very much uh, a part of like the the storyline. Yeah, it's almost like it doesn't really. It kind of sneaks up on you, actually, the apocalyptic part. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. I'm sure. Yeah, but, right. Um, also, other techno horror movies. So, for anybody who doesn't know, a techno horror is just somehow technology goes wrong, or it it's a stand-in for our fears of technology. Um, so, The Ring is one because the ghost. Well, it all centers around a videotape, which is technology. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Videodrome uh, and TV signals. And then I think you mentioned Lawnmower Man in the oh, Videodrome yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. I've never seen yeah. that one. Yeah, I think that one, the enemy was uh, virtual reality. Yeah, okay. And um, then I also saw one on this list called The Video Dead. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't even heard of that. I think that is... Amy of Amy May Pop Art, who did our logo. I think that's one of her favorite movies. Video Dead? Yeah, I've watched it with her before. Oh, okay. It's also, just this, like, uh, what year was that? Like, is that an 80s, 90s? Or? Yeah, 1987. It was just a low-budget, okay. like, cult horror movie from the 80s. I, I feel see. like I remember it being pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So maybe if yeah. we ever have her on as a guest, we'll, we'll do that one. Yeah, that'd be a good one to do. Uh, would you put like VHS in the in that in that genre? Does VHS have subplots centered around technology? Um, no, I guess everything's just on a videotape. But I guess the videotape isn't really the method for which uh, people are being attacked or anything. Yeah, because I think then you could make the case that all found footage movie would be. Yeah. All found footage movies would be techno horror. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, hey, do you think the genre of techno horror is a relevant genre today? Like, are we seeing, like, a lot of these movies you reference, you know, are, are pretty old now. Uh, do you think we're still putting out, or that, that you know, what, what's coming out today that's, that would fall into that genre? So here are a few that, I'm not sure exactly when they came out, but I feel that they're recent. Uh, friend request, unfriended, hashtag horror, uh, fear.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, these sound like... <laughs> I think a lot of those have to do with social media specifically, and I think a lot of them are in that... There's a lot of movies in this weird spot where they're, like, not B-movie cult classics, and they're not so bad they're good, Uh but they're not necessarily good either. Like, I can't say that for sure because I haven't seen these movies, but certain movies, when I see them advertised, I'm just like, oh, that's just a very average horror movie, I can already tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I feel like the ones that you just mentioned, I've only seen them in the context of like a red box, uh, exactly. uh film. <laughs> so maybe that's like the new, uh, genre of, uh, yeah. of, of tech relevant horror. Yeah. Or you just see them on Netflix and they are not, they're not necessarily matched very high with you. I miss the stars <laughs> on Netflix. I don't like the whole match thing. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, they, they got rid of the stars. They did. I'm pretty sure. 
Oh, and, but now there's like a percentage, right? It's like uh, it, they give you a percentage of like what percentage it's likely to match with you. Yeah, which I don't get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get that either. I'd, I'd like I'm, to see the algorithm behind that. Yeah, I'm afraid of this new technology. Yeah. Ooh, you know what a good, maybe, uh, tech, like an, an actual good tech, technology horror type thing that's uh, relevant to, or, or that's more recent uh, do you ever watch like the Black Mirror series? Oh man, yeah, that would be techno horror for sure. Right. It's yeah, not straight yeah. horror, but some of them are. Man, I saw one yeah. that was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have some uh, pretty creepy like undertones and stuff, and it's all about like the sphere of like new technology, which is kind of where I think all these films like. If you look at the timing, it's interesting because because Pulse, uh, like the the technology they they were talking about is the internet, right? Yep. And in Videodrome, it was around uh, uh, broadcast signal, which I think was pretty relevant at the time. But the outlier here is the ring, which also came out around the Pulse, like 2001, 2002. Uh, but the technology in that was a videotape, which by that time should have been pretty outdated, right? Yeah, and that was based on Ringu, which was 1999. Um, oh. Still, I think that, well, that was probably like the dawn of the DVD era. Yeah. But like not <laughs> enough to make a movie about DVDs. <laughs> something there's something more yeah. like inherently creepier about VHS tapes than DVDs. Yeah, I was wondering how different of a movie that would be if it was like a DVD. <laughs> there's like a menu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a menu. You got a, a blooper reel. Yeah, yeah, some blooper reel. And then, and then the it's like her hair pissed. getting caught on the well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. That, that I, I think it is like these analog technologies that have a, a more more of a fear factor than like now the digital stuff. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why that is. Like, or you know, in a horror movie, when somebody walks into a dark room and a record just starts playing on its own. Oh yeah, like a vinyl. Yeah, sure. Like a MP3 player doesn't do that, or even like a <laughs> 100 disc CD player doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah, not the same effect. Yeah, you walk yeah. in and suddenly like your iTunes pops up. <laughs> it's playing your favorite hits. Yeah, it's yeah. not as scary. I love the technology part, and uh, this one felt relevant because what the internet was like kind of blowing up around this time, right? Yeah, this was like the dawn of the internet, and everything seems to happen earlier in Japan, technology-wise. Um, but two thousand one was like the days of dial-up and AOL dot com mm-hmm. email addresses. Right. And I think it's the first when people were first starting to actually spend a lot of time on the internet. And uh, yeah, definitely makes sense because this movie has a lot of themes of like loneliness and social mm-hmm. iso- isolation. Wait, mm-hmm. isolation? Man, that word sounds uh, strange. Yeah. Right. Isolation. <laughs> Isolationist? Social- Just isolation is the word. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, depression, loneliness. Uh, mm-hmm. And I read that a lot of Japan horror themes come from, like, the encroachment of Western civilization and the decay of the typical Japanese social structure. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um, and technology, too. Yeah. And, and this movie, I think, kind of hit on that theme, right? Like, I, th- there was, like, a cameo by, like, Western society towards the end, right? Uh, was did, there? Did you catch that? I didn't. Uh, 
yeah, what even one, one of the planes that like you see at the end. Oh supposedly yeah, like a U.S. plane. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if that's really what like the theme was back then, that like uh, uh, Japanese society is falling apart at the hands of Western culture. I mean, this this kind of uh, captured that pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Although the internet, I don't think you could say was Western culture. That was just something that was happening worldwide. And yeah, I don't know a lot was. about the history of the internet, but <laughs> I would guess Japan was just as much of a participant as anybody. They're so ahead with yeah. technology. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, especially given where they are today, you think like they probably had an internet like 10 years before us or something. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that's cool, like that, that theme of isolationist-ism uh, in light of like the internet. Cause I, I feel like that's still like a very relevant topic. And like when when it went into like that topic, it's like wow, you know, this is kind of ahead of its time and calling out like the role of the internet and how it's like creating uh, you know more isolation and, and loneliness, and then like tying it's like a ghost story, which I thought was kind of creative. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe that they were able to like that they were able to go here with like internet creating the illusion of socialization mm-hmm. uh, in two thousand one. Like that was. So yeah. early, yeah. Um, I mean, what what are your first memories of the internet? I mean, the, the first thing I remember is, is things like AOL, which that was all about like chat rooms and uh, bringing people together over like uh, certain topics or in marketplaces. I mean, wasn't that? Don't you think that was like the genesis of like how the modern population got bought into the internet? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I was. I feel like we got the internet when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, and I. Yeah, just jumped on there in, like, chat rooms and, like, talking yeah. to strangers. Yeah. I feel like I had, like, an internet girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. Speaking of things to edit out. Yeah. I'm still trying to find first, I feel like the first question when you jumped on uh, was always the ASL, right? Age, sex, location? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, age, sex, location? Okay. I remember typing, like, 18M. Oh, Hmm, maybe I just do in the L because I wanted to see if I could stop that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. not, wait, yeah. not eighteen M. I think by the time two thousand one hit, <laughs> that phase of the internet was slowly fading away. But yeah, yeah. But by, by, by then we were on like AIM, and like the chat rooms are gone. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, you're talking now to your friends. You're but, mostly talking to your friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, we're, I mean, the internet that you see in this movie, I mean, where do you think it was? Like, do you think, I, I, it looked like it still wasn't like something that everyone was using and just like, there was like a club of people, or, like a select people who were like slowly like starting to get onto it. But I, I don't know. Could you get a sense of like what phase they were of internet adoption? It seemed like right around the time we're talking about like chat rooms and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know when the movie was filmed. I couldn't find too much info on this movie, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not, a, not a lot of backstory. Released in 2001. Um, yep. There's a lot of, not to get grim, a lot of suicide in this movie. Ooh, yeah. There are at right. least four suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the themes of loneliness and depression. Did you know that Japan has the si- second highest suicide rate of any developed country? Who, who's the first? South Korea. Oh, man. Yeah. Ah, shoot. You didn't even pick up on that. Like, that, that, that is a very uh, big part. Or maybe it's like a commentary on on, on, uh, on those societies out there that, uh, yeah, suicide is, is like a very prevalent thing. 
Yeah, um, I read some. Granted, I feel like what I read were articles from the Western world, like coming up with reasons why Japan might have such a high suicide rate. Yeah, but it talked about how there's not really a history of Christianity there, or at least not a strong one. So suicide isn't uh-huh. considered a sin. Um, oh, and there's kind yeah. of like a like a history of honorable suicides, like kamikaze pilots in World War II sure. and. Uh, yeah, samurai like falling on their own swords. Yep. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's just I guess maybe more baked in or more acceptable, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah. It, it's almost like you're doing, and it can be seen as like doing your family a service too, especially for like older folks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which this is like a clickbait article that pops up on the internet a lot, but. There is a famous forest at the base of Mount Fiji in Japan known as the mm-hmm. Suicide Forest that's like a destination for suicides. Wow. Oh, my God. And it's still today, like, people go there and uh, commit suicide? Yeah. It's estimated that, like, 100 people a year. Oh, my God. Are they doing anything to prevent this? I don't think so. doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That uh, gives some interesting context to yeah the the way people died in this movie. Yeah, um, I, I'm surprised you don't see that more in like some of the other uh, J horror films like like The Ring, uh, or the Grudge series. Um, the, 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 yeah, I, I don't remember seeing so much suicide in any of the other J horror movies. Do you? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, J horror has a lot of like interaction with the spirit world. I feel like. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a lot of ghost stories and. It goes a little deeper than the ghost story. It's like something about like the other world or like helping a ghost kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it is a very spiritual. Uh, yeah. I feel like all these movies have like a certain sense of spirituality in it. Yeah. And in, in terms of like yeah, how, how the spirits are or like the ghost world lives and interacts with like the uh, the, the the real world. Mm hmm. That's that's kind of opposite to the way sometimes it's portrayed in like the American horror films, where the spirit world is always like this very evil and like portrayed as like a demon or something uh, that just like wants to kill people. Uh, I, f- I feel like ghosts in these J horror movies have a little bit more depth or or like uh, more depth or more like kind of past or more yeah. character to them versus just like this thing that just wants to kill everyone. Yeah, I think or that might be people. fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other background info on this movie? I couldn't find a ton. Uh, you know, the, the director looks like he's had like a, a big career in horror films, even though I've been, I don't recognize any of those movies. Have you seen any of these other movies by the director here? I haven't. The only one I knew for sure he did that was horror was called Cure. Oh, have you seen that? No, I still haven't okay. seen that. Uh, All right. and then the only other person who did anything I recognized was, uh, Let's see if I can find and pronounce her name. Oh, I think she just goes by Koyuki in the credits. She played Haru. Oh, no, wait. Okay. Yeah, Koyuki. She uh-huh. was in The Last Samurai. Oh, wow. Yeah. The one with um, Tom Cruise. Th- Tom Cruise. Uh, who was who she in The Last Samurai? I don't know. I never saw that movie. Uh, she was Tom Cruise's stuntman. Uh, okay. Yeah, Actually, he famously does all his own stunts. You know, I just found that out about him. That's 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 really interesting that that he does that because uh, like Mission Impossible and stuff that's all him doing his own stuff. Yeah, 
that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. As is, yeah, as much as I don't like him. Um, you know, we've seen uh, a few horror films as part of, or I mean, a few uh, foreign films as part of this uh, horror movie club, right? Yeah. And w- one of them being like the original Ring, um, and and then now now this one, and they, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of like I remember when we watched Ringu, where overall, like I mean, while it was good, we definitely thought the American one was a little stronger. And uh, I was wondering if you noticed like any similarities in like um, you know the the, the 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 style of shooting or the style of storytelling uh, in Ringu versus this one. I can't remember Ringu well enough uh, to say. Mm-hmm. Although I do remember thinking that the Ring was better, even though yeah. I thought Ringu was great. I just thought the Ring was even better. Yeah. Um, this one, by the way, the American remake was in 2006 with Kristen Bell, and it was supposedly horrible. Wow. I didn't even know she was around back then. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But, uh, who, who directed the, the remake? Good question. I'm not sure. Uh, for some reason, I thought it might have been like Wes Craven or something, but, but maybe not. I don't think um, it was anybody that big. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, what, what, one thing that I remember jumping out to me when we watched Ringu uh, and, like, comparing it to, like, The Ring... Uh, was that it was it was really slowed down and it was it was, it was longer. There's like a lot more uh, things going on like outside of like uh, just like the main character story driven, the story that you see in the U.S. version of The Ring. And when I was watching this one, I, I kind of felt like the same thing where like you know this is like a very slow movie, uh, and there's like all these other elements that maybe not 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 are like aren't necessary to the storyline. But I I just wonder if like if you take all these J horror movies and look at the source material. If that's if in this genre, like um, the reason like they've all been remade into like American films is because uh, people are seeing an opportunity to like trim these movies down, take like the core story and like make it more pop and like more immediate thrills and stuff. Whereas like the original content is kind of slow burn and and longer and, and stretched out with a little more detours. I, I, I don't know if you if you felt that or not. It could be. I definitely thought this movie was slow and too long. Um, yeah, and a bit all over the place. Right. It wasn't yeah. very efficient. Yeah, and, that, and that's how I think we felt about uh, Ringu. I feel like we use some of those same words, and especially comparing it to the American one. And it, okay. it's just, it, I think it speaks like a different style of shooting that maybe is more uh, uh, more around like how J-horror is a, as a genre is set up. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, who knows. Um, yeah, any, any other, uh, any other trivia? Yeah, I, I didn't see too much background on this. Um, do you have anything else on your end? Yeah, not, not really. I think I've just got my Northeast Ohio connection now. I, I'm, I'm so excited for this. I don't know how <laughs> you would tie this movie there. Is this, is this, how, how does this one rank in your, uh, your connections? This is, is this like legit. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> it's a stretch. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Uh, and it's kind of grim too, like talking about this stuff. But it's actually really sad uh-huh. when you think about suicide. Anyway, here we go. Uh, okay. And with that, yeah, yeah with that, uh, yeah. Akron also has a suicide destination. Do you know about this? Uh, no, no, I don't know about this. I the this. the Y Bridge. Mm-hmm. I feel like being in Hudson, you may not be as familiar with it, but. It's a bridge that kind of connects Cuyahoga Falls to downtown Akron. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what road is that? Is that uh, state? It's not state road, is it? 
Um, I think it's oh jeez, it's Main Street. I think. Oh, it's Main. Oh, okay, okay. I've been away I, from I feel like I've seen for that too bridge. long. Yeah. yeah, you probably have. Um, okay. It is a popular destination for suicide as well. So, like, this is a thing. There are places that are popular to commit suicide. Wow. Oh my god. That's yeah. the catch. <laughs> yeah. From from Tokyo to Akron. Yeah. <laughs> on suicides. Yeah. Oh Sad. man. Oh, that, yeah. Nice, nicely done. <laughs> that, that is really grim. Yeah. Not as fun. Not, not as a fun, fun as connection. Some of the other ones. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, one thing I I, I just found out uh, about Pulse on on the remake. It, so it, Wes Craven was like one of the writers. Another Whoa. writer who who's who's on the uh, for the remake is Vince Gilligan. You know that guy? Oh, why does that sound so familiar? Is he a VHS guy? Uh, no, he's the writer for and, and the creator and director of like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh my uh, gosh! Whoa. So, so yeah, he's he's one of the writers for like the remake of uh, of Pulse, which is crazy. That is surprising. It was such a bad movie. I know. I know. <laughs> we should we should maybe check it out sometime. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. Once we're running out of things to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're keeping. I feel like uh, in each of these conversations. Uh, like you know, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, another one, but I mean, I feel like we're building a list of like really terrible movies that we keep referencing. Yeah, one of these seasons, we're just gonna focus on those movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, maybe we can have like a month of just bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Well, should we move on to the plot? Yeah. Take- let's do it. Okay, before we do, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, my wife needs to check her AOL account, so I've got to get off the phone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make sure not to pick up while she's checking it. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're back. Um, speaking of early internet uh, and spookiness, oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, when, when did you have like the, the? Did it say you've got mail when she logged in? Yeah, she had. She had something that said, uh, "You can turn up the volume and look for a ghost in this picture." Ooh. Do you do you remember those? <laughs> no. What is that? It was. I assume it was emailed to you back then, but it would be like if you turn your volume up and look closely at the screen, like. You can hear a ghost whispering and see it or something like that. And you'd like crank up the computer volume and get close to the screen. And then like a big face, like a demon face would pop up in the screen and scream really loudly. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. When when was this? I feel like it was around 1998-ish. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder why that isn't a thing anymore. Like I totally fall for it. Because everybody knows. (laughs) Everyone already fell for it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, oh, except man. you. Yeah, apparently. You should look one up on YouTube after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. <laughs> uh, okay. I tend to pick the ones with the most all-over-the-place plots to explain, so I'm going to try my best with this one. All right. Good luck. Okay. So to simplify, there are two storylines, and it cuts back and forth a lot. So... One of the storylines I'm just going to call the plant store gang. <laughs> and the other one I'm going to call Kawashima and Haru. 
Okay. So we start off with a woman on a boat. And she's like looking out over the ocean. And you can't see her face. You just see the back of her head. And she's then narrating. And she's like, this is how it all started. And that's the only narration we ever get until the end. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So then we cut to the plant store gang. It's just these college-age kids working at a plant store. Their names are Michi, Junko, and those are two women. And then there's this dude named Yabe. So they've taken notice that one of their employees, Taguchi, hasn't been heard from in a while. He was supposed to be working on some disc for them, which I assume was like a video for the plant store or something. And nobody's heard from him in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. So Yabe, the dude, says, like, I'm going to go investigate, see what's up. So he goes to Taguchi's apartment, and it's all dark. Hey, wait. Uh, I thought the the girl goes to to his apartment, though. And she's the one that finds him and and talks to him, right? Really? I thought it was Yabe. uh, Yabe, I think, goes second, like, after... Uh, what happens happens, and then and then he goes there second after like they see the the video. Okay, man. Remember, like I, I think she goes. You're right. And she talks to him, right? You're right. Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> you remember the movies so much better than I do, even no, when I, I'm I supposed to be explaining. <laughs> yeah. I will say it was probably no, yeah. like a week ago that I watched this one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think first uh, Michi goes, right? Yeah. Okay, Michi goes. Uh, and the dark the apartment. Jump in again if I get something wrong. The apartment's like all dark and just bleak. Um, and then she sees him like lurking in the shadows and it's just like, Hey, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she turns around to get this disc off of his desk. And then she turns back around and he's hung himself. Right. Yeah. I, I totally thought like when, you know, when, when she's in the apartment looking around and you see his like shadowy figure in the background, I totally thought like he was uh, gonna be like a ghost or something. Like he was already dead, and she was like gonna go into that room and like run into like this this demon or something. But he was still very much alive, right? Yeah, he was. Then he hanged himself. And did he turn into a black outline for a moment there in that shot, or was that later? I, I feel like that was later, but I, I don't. It, it could. It's possible. I, I yeah, I can't remember. Okay. All right. Well, so she sees this dude hang himself. She's kind of traumatized, um, but she does get the disc. So later they go back to the plant store. Michi, Junko, and Yabe all watch this disc together. And it's a video of this dude, Taguchi, who hung himself. It's his desk with his computer screen. Um, And then he's got two computer screens. One of them just shows the video that they're looking at. So it's like a screen within a screen. Yeah. Which is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And then the other one has, like, this ghastly or ghostly image of a face on it. And they weren't yeah. sure if it was Taguchi's face or what. They couldn't really see it that well. They Even when they zoom in, uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't tell, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, that's what's going on there. So now we cut to the other storyline, Kawashima and Haru. So first we just cut to Kawashima. He's this dude college age at home on his computer dialing up to the internet and he just sees some creepy images on his screen like it's random people sitting alone at their desks for the most part and they just look like really grim and depressed and then that sounds that sounds like you ever go to the website uh, chat roulette <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah 
<laughs> and uh, except you have to put some people masturbating in there every four or five yeah, exactly. people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so then instead of somebody masturbating, he gets some a black screen with white text that says, would you like to meet a ghost? And he's creeped out and just unplugs his computer and goes to bed. Then he wakes up in the middle of the night with another dude, or another creepy image of a person on the screen. And it's this dude with a black bag over his head. And he's got a bunch of writing on the wall behind him. There, I don't know about your version, Ash, but my mm-hmm. the DVD that I watched didn't have any subtitles showing you what the writing on the wall said. But yeah, apparently mine, it said, help mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, mine didn't show that either, but I read later that it apparently it was supposed to say, help me. And so that was a pretty creepy image. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, um, I thought this yeah. scene with Haru was or uh, Kawashima was a pretty creepy scene. Um, yeah, while he's watching the computer. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know what he does. I think he just goes to bed again after he sees that. Um, yeah, and then the next day he goes to a computer lab at apparently like his college or the local college, and he just starts asking around like. It's kind of a pathetic scene. Like, he's just, like, acting yeah. like he belongs there and, like, sitting next to somebody and being like, so, uh, so. <laughs> so can, yeah. can people talk to you on the internet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so finally a woman there at the computer lab named Haru bites and she starts talking to him about it and she tells him next time he sees it to bookmark it and if that doesn't work, do a print screen. And yeah. so now with that, we cut back over to the plant store gang. This movie almost reminded me of the Christmas story, oh. Christmas horror story, and that it jumped around too much. Yeah, yeah. At least right. with this one, it's only two storylines, but. Yeah, it's it, not four. It, it was a little too frequent. Yeah, uh, yeah. But okay, back at the plant store, um, Yabe, the dude, gets a call that says, help. It's like a creepy voice saying, help. Um, Mm -hmm. and he thinks it's his buddy who hanged himself and the image on the phone is the same image from that disc, right? Which, uh, yeah, which is crazy that they had images on the phone back then. That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote in my notes. Like, how did he have an image on his phone back then? But yeah, I think in Japan they were probably ahead of the cell phone thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nokia was killing it back then. I know they were texting before we were texting. Yeah. Okay. So it's possible. Um, so anyway, he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to this dude's apartment and see, does he need help or what, what's up? But he has already hanged himself. So I don't know what he thinks is going on. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this dude's apartment again and finds some paper, uh, that says the forbidden room on it. Um, that's kind of unrelated to anything at this point. And then... He goes to where Taguchi hung himself and sees a black outline on the wall where Taguchi died. Yeah, uh, kind of like in the shape of a body, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like in the vague outline of a body, and it's kind of it looks like ash or something, like black ash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then briefly, it like turns into his friend Taguchi, and he gets creeped out and runs out of there. Yeah, I actually, it's it weird. Like he sees the black shadow, he walks away, 
then he like comes running back and like suddenly that black shadow is his friend Taguchi. And uh, it's almost like he expected him to be there or something. But then it turns back into a shadow. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, everything was just a little weird in this movie. I feel like yeah. there were definitely some creepy scenes, but the wind got taken out of their sails by a little bit for me of like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you notice the yeah. music here, and in a few places in this movie, was similar to House on Haunted Hill? Oh, yeah. The music, I mean, a lot of it is like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, really throwback like the ooh sound, right? Like, like a high, a high pitch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, come on, man, what year is this? Or like, <laughs> are you like, afraid of the dark from Snake? Yeah, exactly. Goosebumps or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, was, I was surprised. At, but yeah, that, that's kind of what you're hearing the whole time. Yeah. I didn't think it was bad, actually, but I was surprised. You thought you thought it fit the, the vibe? A little bit. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I kind of like that classic <laughs> spooky sound. Yeah. <laughs> They were back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is where I start started to get disoriented. He runs outside <laughs> of the apartment into some alley that has, like, a bunch of red spray paint on it. Um, Wikipedia says he enters a door that was taped up in red with, like, mm-hmm. a, a red tape outlining the door. But I was so disoriented, I was just like, okay, there's a bunch of red everywhere in this alley. Yeah. Yeah, that part was a little confusing. Um but anyway, he ends up, like, cornered in this alley, and this dark figure is following him. Presumably, it's, like, the ghost of Yabe. Um, yeah. But you can't... Uh, or the ghost of Taguchi. Right. But you can't see um, anything on the figure, right? For the most part? It's like a black yeah, shadow. Yeah, for the most part, you can't. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought he ended up finding that room uh, because of that forbidden room uh, text that he found in, uh, in his friend's apartment. Like but maybe there's no connection. Like it gave him directions. Yeah, like go to this alley that has all this red spray paint, and then go open this door that's uh, duct tape, like covered in red duct tape. Weird. But that's I don't know, because otherwise I didn't know what what parallel to draw from that or like what information. Okay. What, what relevance that had? But yeah. Man, I must have been like half asleep during this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So th- this figure, this dark figure is getting closer and closer to Yabe. And then finally, Yabe's like hiding behind something and the f- a face pops out and like looks at him. Uh, and I couldn't tell if it was Taguchi's face or not, but... Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell who that was. So Yabe like looks at this dude's face and s- looks terrified. And then we cut away and back to the plant store where... Now Michi and Junko are worried about where Yabe is gone now. Um, mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, these people like, keep disappearing. And that's it for that storyline for now. So we cut back to Kawashima, and he sees more creepy shit on his computer, and he tries to bookmark or print screen, and he can't. So he goes back to the lab and finds the lady who told him to do that. Her name's Haru. And... Then they just start talking for a while, and she so shows him some program that one of the like programmers at the lab invented. That's just a bunch of dots dancing around on the screen. Yeah, that never like uh, come close enough to connect, uh, but like never go far enough uh, to like lose each other or something. Yeah, I think she says like if two dots get too close to each other, they die. But if they get too far away, they're drawn back together. Oh, 
I see. Yeah. And this is clearly like meant to tell us something about human relationships, yeah. but I wasn't entirely yeah. sure what. Maybe just like yeah. the struggles of like it's hard to be close to people, but you don't want to be isolated either. Mm-hmm. Isolated. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's deep, man. Yeah, like maybe uh, maybe it's talking about yeah people's nature to want to want to want to be together, but being together is gonna uh, gonna it, it, yeah yeah. It, it, what, what what do they say? If, if the two connect, then then they disappear. If they get too close to each other, they die. Oh yeah. Okay. So too good. But too far away, yeah. they're drawn back together again. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie did have some, some deep stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so then she comes back to his house to check out his computer firsthand and she starts asking him about the internet and why he got interested in, uh, in it in the first place. And he's basically just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to join it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. means porn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when she kept like asking him what, what's the website, he's like, oh, I don't remember. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> that's good. Uh, but then she says, like, the internet is meant to bring us together, but I don't think people really connect. Like, it's supposed to make you more connected, but she doesn't think so. So that's another yeah. little philosophical musing. Yeah. And we cut back to the plant store gang. And Yabe has returned, but he's acting strange. Um, and, and he's just like super depressed, right? Yeah, yep, and gloomy. Mm-hmm. And one of the women asks her boss about it, like, hey, don't you think Yabe's acting strange? And then he, for some reason, goes on a rant about friendship. He's like, oh, you and Yabe are friends, huh? <laughs> and then he, I don't remember what he said, but it was something similar yeah. to the, like, it's hard to be close to people. Yeah, yeah. Then is that is that person really your friend or something? Yeah. Uh, it, it was just like a really like dramatic speech that he gives like kind of out of nowhere. It felt like really random. That one felt a little forced. Yeah. Uh, the two dots thing kind of did too. But um, mm-hmm. that one would have been a little bit more subtle if it wasn't immediately followed by this random plant store boss <laughs> going on about friendship. Lecturing on friendship. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she goes in. I think it's Junko. She um, tries to confront Gabe and it's like, what did you see? Like, we're friends. You can tell me. And at some point here, maybe it just cuts from that to imagery of a room with red tape around the door again. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to first tell you my perception of what happened. Then I'll tell you what Wiki says. Uh, so I saw like random imagery of a room, someone putting red tape around the door and then she goes home that night. I think this is Junko. She goes home that Mm -hmm. night and sees a woman just jump off of like a radio tower or something and kill herself. And dude, that looked real to me. Did you? think that, that yeah that was that was that was pretty intense because uh, yeah. you know i mean we, we, the, this movie was light on like uh cgi and, and graphics uh and like it, it, i don't feel like they, they they showed like too much uh that was like you know camera work so like yeah to suddenly see this woman like just kind of like going up there and just jumping off and like falling 
at like uh, it, it just yeah it looked like super real. Yeah, like you see her hit the ground. Yeah. Uh, apparently, how they did that was they had a woman bungee jump off of that, and then right behind her they threw down a dummy, and then they oh. like spliced the two together. Oh my god! Wow. That's yeah. Clever. It worked. Yeah. Um, but wiki, the Wikipedia plot summary says like, first we see this woman, it's that woman we saw taping up the door with red tape. Yeah. Um, but I was a little confused. I just thought on her way home, she saw a random woman committing suicide. Yeah, no, I guess it was the same woman. Cause I remember it showed the woman from the back and, uh, Michi like watches her like tape up a door with red tape. And then I guess, uh, she uh, climbs up that, that's that, uh, silo or whatever and jumps off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is again where so, I'm like, was I asleep during this movie? I was so disoriented for some reason. Yeah. And, and I feel like this is like the second suicide that Michi's seen, like within, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I can't remember if it was Michi or Junko at this point. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just assumed Michi, but yeah, I don't remember either. Um, okay. So she sees that and then we cut back to Kawashima and Haru's story. So he's at the library and he sees this, like, it looks like a child ghost, like just like a black outline in the rows of books. And some random dude at the library who we've never seen before is like, hey, why don't you go catch him? Like, catch that ghost. And uh-huh. we don't really know who this dude is and he explains to Kawashima, like, his theory of what's going on. Like, he says yeah. spirit, the spirit world will, will like run out of room and then they'll uh-huh. overflow into our world once theirs runs out of space. Uh, uh, I, I think we might have seen this. Do you remember when he was, uh, uh, when he was in the computer lab with uh, Haru, uh, a grad student walks in? And I, I think he's the one that developed that program with the dots because like, they, they meet like briefly, the three of them. And then, like, he goes to the library, and, and then this guy comes in there. Holy shit, man. I, I suck at so, watching this movie. <laughs> you know, it was really slow. <laughs> so it's I honestly, I do think I, like, kind of, like, spaced out a little bit. <laughs> you I, like, had a notepad in front of me, like, writing things down. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes so, I think just, that just makes this, you catch less, but. Sure, yeah. No, just to say, like, he wasn't a complete stranger. I think they did meet, like, once, like, briefly. But then, like, yeah, he meets him again in the library, and they're seeing this little kid. And and that guy gives kind of, like, gives you the whole theory of, like, what he thinks is going on, right? Okay, yeah, yep. And then while he's doing this, like, we hear his voiceover as we see a door to a room at some random shipyard with red tape around it. Mm -hmm. And we see the warehouse with the door. The warehouse gets demolished. And we see, like, an internet cable in the rubble. And it's kind of implied that, like, the spirit in that room got into the internet cable somehow. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. There was an internet cable in that room? Yeah, yeah. They, like, kind of zoomed in on this random cable. And I feel like they even made the, like, dial-up sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did hear the dial-up sound a few times during the movie. Yeah. But, oh, so that's... So... Uh, so the, the, the way there, uh, the theory is that, um, whenever that happened, th- this guy had like created a door, uh, with the red tape and that was like to keep the spirits behind it. Is that right? Yeah. I kind of got the idea that like 
there was this door with red tape. They destroyed the warehouse. The spirit was trapped in that room. And then by ex- and then it like found this internet cable and went into the internet cable. Got it. And that's yeah. how the spirits okay. figured out they could travel via the internet. Yeah. That okay. whole thing is not really explained that well. Um, no, it isn't. Especially for it like being uh, like the main theme and like part of the title. They never like really got into like the details on like uh, how the how the how it actually worked. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what does pulse mean in the title? I thought pulse like was a reference to like data pulses or or uh, pulse like because of the internet like uh, uh, it's you know s- sending data signals uh, back and forth and that these guys were hijacking those. But I don't know. W- w- what do you think it means? I didn't even think about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It could mean something else. I mean, that's not... Uh, the, the name of the movie is something else, right, in Japanese? But yeah, I else. think it did have a different name in Japan. Uh, yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. That was his voiceover. We see, like, what we think is the origin of spirits invading the internet. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's about it for that scene. He, I think so. Yeah. He like, and then he says to Kawashima, like, now that it's started, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> and here I made a comment to myself, which explains my confusion throughout. My comment is that I feel burdened by this movie. And every time we cut to a new scene, I have no idea who it is or where it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every scene, every scene is very like disorienting. You like you don't know where you are. You're like somewhere between like s- two storylines, and uh, yeah, and, and, the, and the plot like you don't really understand what's going on. So yeah, it, it was a lot to take on. I hear you. And they, maybe this is just like Hollywood, like spoon feeding us things. But I feel like in most movies, if you transition away from one story to another, you like maybe get a shot of like the setting like yeah if it's gonna cut like back to the plant store maybe they show the front of the plant store again like oh yeah i mean that might be a little too on the nose but right. this movie didn't really do anything to let you know where it was or yeah i don't know and, and it, it wasn't very viewer friendly yeah and like once it came to a new storyline it was oftentimes like a faraway shot of yeah people like with not only mm-hmm. our main character in the shot, but maybe other people too. And it was just like, okay, wait, I can't see like that far. Is this like Michi and Junko again? Or is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of parts where I didn't know who, they, who we were watching or what we were, what was going on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad I at least wasn't alone in that. Um, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So now we cut back to the plant store gang and we're back to Junko. She gets a help call from Yabe, and I think it's that creepy voice again. Yeah, the help me or whatever. Yeah, and she goes to his office and sees a black outline on the wall, and then that black outline turns into a ghost, and she sees the ghost's face and has like a horrified look on her face. So mm-hmm. you have a feeling that whatever happened to Yabe when he saw a ghost has now happened to her. Um... And then we jump back to Kawashima and Haru, and she goes on this rant about how she fears that after death she'll still be all alone. 
and she's like, maybe ghosts are trying to make people live forever by trapping them in their own loneliness. And oh, yeah. so then that was the plot revealed to me. Like, the ghosts have come through the internet to trap people somehow in uh-huh. our world instead of us invading their overcrowded spirit world. Oh, so that's, you think that's what was happening then? Yeah. Is people are getting trapped in like a lonely state in this world? Yeah, somehow. Interesting. And like not yeah. fully moving on to the next world. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, which is kind of like they turn into these black outlines, but then like they can come back from the black outline. Like they're not fully gone. Right. They can uh, send you a text. Yeah. <laughs> or call for yeah. help. And then call for help. <laughs> this kind of then reveals the theme like the internet will trap people in their loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which it kind of has. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that sounds pretty relevant. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, definitely an interesting way of looking at it. Um, okay, man. Every time we do these plots, I always feel like, holy shit! I've been talking for like half an hour, and <laughs> <laughs> these these ones are tough. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I think one of the scary scenes here was uh, um, not not Michi. What's the other girl's name? Uh, Junko. Uh, Junko. Uh, do you remember? I, I think it's around this time, like. She walks in uh, to a room that's again behind like some uh, red tape, and there's like this uh, woman figure in there, who's like a ghost and just like kind of creeping up on her. And Michi like runs in there to save her. I, I thought that was like a pretty scary scene. Yeah, that was a scary. Th- there were some scary scenes, and like the ghostly imagery and stuff, it was pretty well done. Yeah, yeah, the ghosts ghosts are pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of like what a lot of the movie turns into is them like finding themselves behind these doors that have the red tape on them and a ghost showing up there and just like kind of coming up on them and, and, and making, turning them into ash eventually. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm going to maybe skip some things just cause we're going over yeah. on time. Um, sure. so eventually we get back to Haru alone in her apartment and she's on her computer and she sees that same dude with the black bag over his face that Kawashima saw uh, earlier in the movie. And then Mm -hmm. that dude walks towards the screen, removes the black bag from his head, and shoots himself in the head. And then the screen turns into a video of Haru, like, shot from behind her, which I thought was pretty creepy. Yeah, that part was very scary. As if there was someone back there filming her. Yeah. And so she starts walking to find the source of the video, and this is a tense mm-hmm. scene because we're like cutting back and forth between her walking and like the, the computer screen, which is her getting closer and closer to the video, like where it was shot. Yeah. And then we see her reach for something that we can't see that's like invisible. And she says something like, oh, I'm not alone after all. Yeah. And then I don't know if she was like reaching for a noose or something. Um, uh, or I thought she was like reaching. I got the impression she was like reaching up and like pulling something down to like kiss her. Yeah, but maybe maybe they, a ghost or something. Yeah, and I mean like we couldn't see it. It looked like she was just like pulling something down from the air or something. But that's uh, yeah, from the other angle, from the camera angle, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Um, and then so Kawashima comes to her door, of the door of her apartment, and he's like pounding on it. He's like proposing like they should live together so that they'll never be alone. Um, before this, we saw a scene of them, like, taking a subway somewhere. They just wanted to get out of there, and they were completely alone yeah. on the subway. Like, nobody was around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so he's 
knocking on her door and then she just like wanders down the stairwell like she's not even in there at this point she's just kind of like haphazardly wandering around yeah and he loses her somehow and later on we see him on the street watching a random tv that's like in a storefront that shows like all these missing people in tokyo and Mm -hmm. he sees a broken down car and goes to it and the driver of the car is michi yeah. And so, like, this is when the f- two plots finally overlap. Um, yeah. And before that, I think I may have skipped over that Junko is, like, basically catatonic after she saw that ghost. And then she herself, like, turns into a black outline. Yeah. So now it's just Michi left of the plant store gang. Mm-hmm. So Michi and Kawashima are united now. And it becomes clear at this point that there is some sort of apocalypse, right? Like there's nobody on the street. There's like yeah. cars like burning and broken down. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like this is kind of like the first time. I mean, like that, that empty train was like kind of suspicious. Like where, where was everyone? But yeah, this is kind of like when, where they're driving and, and you start to see like, uh, like the streets are all empty, burning cars. Uh, I think this is the first time it points to like something bigger going on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that so that was weird to me. Like, I don't know why. I just felt like all of a sudden we it was the apocalypse, and it wasn't. They didn't make much to do about it. It was just like we were supposed to know that was happening the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's very like understated. Like, oh man, like yeah, this has been going on. Yeah, like, the whole world has like been ending pretty much. Which like maybe you could think of as a good thing. Like it's just kind of a slow burn. Like it's not handed mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, I don't, I don't think I've seen that way of showing the apocalypse before. Usually like the apocalypse is like front and center and then you have like characters like in it that, you know, are in that context and are surviving it. This one was kind of the opposite where you've been with these characters the whole time and you haven't been told what's going on in the background and now you're like getting a, a little glimpse of what's going on there. Right. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden it's apocalypse. The apocalypse was happening all around our characters and we never knew. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, the two of them start looking for Haru together, and they find her in a factory with a bag over her head, uh, and she removes it and shoots herself in the head. Yep. And then, as they're leaving the factory, he runs back in to get gas for their car. He's like, oh, I saw some gas in there. And the gas lid rolls into a room with a door surrounded by red tape. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes in there and encounters a ghost um, with a really creepy voice. I felt like that was kind of a creepy scene, too. Yeah, that was a scary ghost with a creepy face, too. Like Yeah, it, it was just like a, a blurry black ghost with like a white face. Yeah. Um, so then she comes in to find him, and he's just all shaken up. And mm-hmm. then there's a few scenes of them driving through this like abandoned city, and Tokyo, he just looks... Yeah, Tokyo. And he just looks really depressed. And she looks up and sees a plane, like a U.S. plane crash into some buildings, which I think is meant to imply like this is happening all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they steal a little rowboat and end up on this like big, I don't know if it's like a fishing vessel or what, but it's the boat from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then her narration starts up again, and she's like, "Well, at least I'm here with my friend." And it shows her and Kawashima like sitting in a little. What do you call that on a, a ship? Like uh, a it's cabin not a cell? Is it? 
Oh, Cabin, probably, yeah. Yeah. But then he turns to, like, a black outline. Yeah. And then the movie right. ends. With, like, a great, like, jewel pop song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know where that came from. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this movie? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was messy, man. It was uh, so many, uh, like, yeah, two different stories going on. Really slow storytelling. Uh, and, like, to your point, like, they don't, uh, they weren't really telling you what was going on. A lot of times you're just like, what, where are we? Like, what's going on? Why is this happening? Uh, so just, like, a lot of questions. But overall, I thought, like, the, 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 the like, the, there was a ongoing level of, of, like, tenseness throughout the movie that kept you uh, somewhat drawn in. What, what about you? What did you think? Yeah, I thought that the the creepy scenes were creepy and tense. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like you ever wanted to like turn the movie off. Um, but I did find it disoriented. Clearly, I was confused. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found it disorienting, and I don't know. The narrative just like didn't make much sense. It, it jumped around too much between the two storylines. I kind of thought that Kawashima and Haru should have been the whole movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That could have been a good. Kind yeah. of like a little bit of romantic tension between them two, and yeah, it was just that was all we needed. I thought. Yeah, it probably would have cut the movie in half. That would, that would, that would, yeah, I wonder if like the American version, they just like pick one storyline and stick with it. Probably, they probably dumbed it down. Yeah, and I thought some of the creepiest scenes were when they were like stumbling upon creepy stuff on the computer too. So. Oh, yeah. I that felt was, like that was pretty effective. more of that would be fine. Because it's basically about ghosts coming through the internet, but only one storyline really features much of that scare, like the internet being a source of scares. Yeah, yeah it wasn't really in Michi's story at all, the, the internet component of it. Yeah, aside from that, what they found on that disc. Yeah, on the first disc. Um, did, there weren't uh, a lot of jump-out scares in this one, right? No, there weren't. It was all just, like, creepy tension and, like, spooky imagery. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, uh, yeah, you're dreading something or watching something happen very slowly. Which I, yeah. I, th- I thought was a cool, cool, cool to, like, kind of a refreshing compared to how a lot of American movies are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in the end, though, I kind of felt like it was, there were those genuinely creepy scenes, but they were just, like, scattered throughout this yeah. movie. I didn't. Even though there was tension throughout the movie, I didn't like feel a building tension as we went. Like the plot wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a source of tension. Sure. Yeah. No. And this movie didn't need to be two hours long. I think. I think it was definitely way too long, and, and that I think diluted it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was too yeah. long for sure. Uh, and and I thought it was. You know, I mean, it's interesting how we how they presented the apocalypse. Um, and that like, we only kind of got a sense of it towards the end. I kind of wish that, you know, there was more in the background or like there were more references throughout, uh, the movie, uh, that, you know, things were going on in the background and not just with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't necessarily want to watch this again, but it would be interesting to watch again and be like, okay, like what did I miss before? Or is it really as confusing as I think? Cause the critics yeah. really like this movie. Yep. Yeah, um, critics loved it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There were a few handful of folks who did say, like, this is a slow, confusing mess. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it, it definitely was. Uh, I mean, uh, what, what did you think of, like, the acting? Uh, I 
guess I thought it was fine. I don't think the characters were developed very well, except maybe Kawashima. Kawashima and Haru's storyline had a bit more character development, but it took like two hours to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 I thought that was the more interesting story. And it, was, it was nice to, like, yeah, because they start to build a, a chemistry together and he's trying to convince her that, you know, the world isn't a very depressing place and, and stick with me and I'll, I'll be there for you. And uh, and then she's, like, kind of of the opposite mentality. Yeah. Which is, I, I think it was a cool idea to pair them up. Yeah, uh, but for it's sure. it's tough to t- it's tough to tell with these foreign language movies how good the acting is. Uh, so yeah, it's it's hard to know how how strong the performances were here. There's definitely aspects that don't translate. Like there's the language barrier, but then there's just other intangibles that you can't quite put your finger on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that make it harder uh, for like an American viewer to to be on board with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the big things that I, that that made it hard for me, uh, I thought, and I was I was really disappointed by this. I thought the production of the sound was pretty bad. Like I was listening oh, to yeah. on my, the, like, did you hear like you could have to, like uh, you'd be like in the same scene and it would like cut camera angles and the background noise would change or like you'd be hearing like a lot of air and background noise in one scene, but then when the camera turns the other way, like it's all just like kind of cut out and it's just like uh made for like a lot of confusion and uh reduced like the the, the continuity there and i was surprised because I, I thought you know it's early 2000s if you look at the quality of films that the u.s were putting out and the level of production that we had right i mean that that you know that, that was here in hollywood uh I was, I was like this felt more like maybe hollywood in like the 60s or 70s from a production standpoint well and like the the ghostly visuals were pretty good like yeah. It yeah. wasn't like they were working with nothing. I I couldn't understand why they did that. Like or how mm-hmm. they didn't like fix it. Yeah, there'd be like a <laughs> white noise hiss in the background of a shot and mm-hmm. then like you'd cut to a camera angle from the other side of the room and it would be dead silent. Right. And then like cut back to the character and it's like whoosh and it just like <laughs> it was horrible. It felt amateur. Right. Yeah, very disorienting. I I don't know, do you think that was purposeful or no, the, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If it was, it was a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's interesting how, how different of an approach this is compared to like your typical Hollywood horror film. And uh, yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, it hurts it more than, than helps it. Yeah, yep. Well, man, zero to five ghostly black outlines. What do you Ooh. think? Uh, you know, I think I'd have to give this like a 1.5. Whoa. Black outline. This is the lowest you've ever given anything, I think. Really? Okay. I think so. Really? Oh. Shoot. Yeah, I think you're right. Let it stay, though. Yeah. Let it stay. Don't let me talk you right. out of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, for me, it was, it was very slow. And there were parts where, I, I know you said this earlier, that, you know, at least... It, 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 you never you never felt like walking away. There were times when I was watching this where I did kind of want to walk away. I was we were just this is too way too much or this is too much to remember. I don't know who half these people are like even like what the storyline is, and it was such a long movie. It, uh, this at some parts it felt kind of like a chore to watch. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. But but you know I, I agree. I had a few like pretty good intense scary parts though. Yeah. I'm gonna give you? it a two point five just because. I felt like there were some genuinely creepy parts and I thought the message was good. Uh, or like I liked the, 
I liked that there was a deeper meaning to it, even though it was still mm-hmm. a bit of a mess. But yeah, it was like mm-hmm. too disorienting and confusing and long to say that I liked it. I feel like yeah. a three is I liked it, and anything below is I didn't sure. like it. Yeah, no, that seems fair. It, it, that's a really good point. I mean, they had a really strong message here, and I, I just think it could have been executed executed in a much better way. And yeah. I, I really think they're onto something with that idea of like the internet causing isolation and like ghosts trapping you in like your loneliness. There are like some great uh, themes and lines here, which I wish you know this could have been a better produced movie. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll just need to find out if Kristen Bell did it better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she does most things better, I feel like. Yeah. Am uh, I thinking about... Kristen Bell's the one in The Good Place, right? Yep, that's her. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, man, you got anything else? No, no, I mean, I'm, again, you know, it was fun to watch a classic, so good good pick. Glad, glad, glad we saw it. Yeah, yeah, your turn, man. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, that's all for this episode, folks. Uh, We hope you enjoyed today's discussion about Pulse. And if you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook and Twitter now. Uh, We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. And until next time, if you're surfing the web late at night and a message pops up on your screen asking if you'd like to meet a ghost, just unplug your modem and go watch Friends or Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and just wait until tomorrow morning for that Napster download of the new Limp Bizkit album to finish. (laughs) Uh, The throwback. So good. (laughs) 